Welcome back to another episode of the Flipside Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about visualization and how to apply that to tricking. And it's really a specialized skill. So you should be able to do this when you're not at the gym and when you're analyzing footage and feeling things out. You should be able to do it in between passes and you should be able to do it, um, I'm saying like right before you go and right after you go. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, how to get good at it and why it's so important. Yeah, it visual training, is, it's used by a lot of upper-level athletes, especially in more well-known sports. Like, I know people do it in, like, football. They'll do it in basketball. I know a lot of people do it in gymnastics. But I feel like that's not a lot of things that people will think about starting out in some sports. And I don't know about tricking, and I don't know how many trickers actually do that, but... I think that's one thing that could help a lot of people, especially when they're just like, oh, that was crap. And you're like, why was it crap? Well, I don't know. It was just crap. Well, that's not really just like a good answer. Like you should be able to know what was wrong and then like work on making adjustments and fixing it from there. So like just saying it's bad doesn't really mean anything because it could be how you stepped, what the setup was, you swung incorrectly, your arms were in the wrong position like you didn't swing them hard enough you twisted the wrong way you looked tilted your head the wrong way there's like so many things that and you should be able to see in my mind you should be able to see yourself in like that third person or first person view like when you understand your visual cues like knowing what you're doing and then be able to break it down before or afterwards like all right so this is what went wrong it felt wrong here so what could i have been doing it felt really wobbly was i squeezing my legs oh no i wasn't squeezing my legs okay, so I can make the twist a little bit tighter and I might be able to actually land at this time. And then you go the next pass, boom, squeeze your legs, land it, perfect, wonderful, move on. Yeah, I mean, it's really, because. Yeah. but you also got to keep in mind that for every every bad thing that you do, you usually do, you know, 10 things right. So you do 10 things right, you mess up one thing, okay, that is what's going to stop you from landing the trick. And you have to go through and find that adjustment. And then usually what happens is, so you need 11 things to land the trick properly, and you make one mistake, so you only got 10 things correctly. You make that adjustment, and you got that number 11, but you missed number one. So you still only have 10 out of the 11, and that's what tends to happen. So being able to visualize the trick is really important because – you're able to go through that trick in your head over and over and you're not putting the strain on your body. So you can basically get, you know, when I, when I'm going, I usually visualize, I overdo it. I think, I don't know why, but I have like a really hard time. I think it's, I think it's part of that thing where we talked about in a previous episode where you don't want to steal the floor. You don't want to be spend too much time on the floor, especially when you're doing like, you know, you're just kind of like warming up a combo or you're just moving a little bit. You're not really doing, you know, a big pass that people want to see. You're just kind of just going for yourself, not for anyone else. So it's really awkward to take up that floor space. And so I have this habit of just going over in my head too many times. And if I had just taken a pass like one time, then I would need like a really bad pass. But then my next pass is going to be way better. But like I visualize it usually five times in my head before I go because I'd like I'd like to one shot it, you know, and I'm getting better at that too. So it's just, um, you can visualize less and then one shot it, but it just also depends on what you're doing and how complicated it is. And I really like what you said about third person and first person. So explain the relevance of that and why that's important. So, because we've talked about in a past episode, working with visual cues, 
And that's always more of a first-person perspective because it is exactly what you are seeing in the moment of time where... But also feeling, right? Yes, also yes, feeling. that's super yeah, right. important. So it's it's knowing what your brain is kind of doing and what it's focusing on in the point of time when you're trying to do things like when you're twisting, when you're taking off, when you're landing, what you're doing during the twist. Like there's a lot of small components that go in there that are very small visual cues. But when you start to understand them, you can see it in that first person view in your head. Then when you start looking at it more often and like, let's say you're like Chris and you take five like you do it in your head five times but you see the exact same thing five times you're like all right i'm looking this way when i take off then when i start to initiate the twist i start to look to my left shoulder and i can like see just the edge of my shoulder and then during the twist i'm kind of just letting it blur and just kind of feeling it through and this is how it feels and the timing and then right as i go to open up i can see my arm start to drag behind me and i can spot the floor for where my foot's going i can feel my legs start to chamber and get ready for the next swing you know all those visual cues in first person. But then doing it in third person, I feel like is it can be hard because I feel like you're used to seeing I mean, you do everything in first person. No matter what I mean, you live life in first person, that's how it works. But doing it in third person can be tricky, especially if you don't watch video of yourself. So one way that I like to or I learn to kind of do third person is take someone that you think does the skill really well than someone who does the skill kind of okay and watch it as many times as you need to be able to burn it into your memory of like, all right, this is what it looks like when it's okay. This is what it looks like when it's really good, especially if you don't have a video of yourself. Because then you can know what the standard is for what you're wanting to get and what you're wanting to obtain. So then when you burn it in your memory, like, all right, they're this tight. So if I'm not feeling that or I'm not looking at that same spot or like somewhat near that same spot, it should feel off, but I know if I hit it, it's going to feel right, and I'll feel that lift better, and I'll feel that twist, and it'll be tighter, because if my legs aren't together, or if they're not crossed or something, I'll be able to start understanding what that means, and what it looks like in third person, because then in first person, you, might, you won't be able to see your feet usually. You're not looking towards your feet when you twist. You can feel it, but then if you can see it in that third person, you're like, all right, my twist felt slow. I couldn't quite feel it, though. Like, what could that have been? You're like, oh, well, if I wasn't squeezing my feet, they probably started to cross or they were starting to come apart. And that really slows down because your turn radius is so big. And sorry if this is getting so long to explain. <laughs> no, that's that was a really good explanation. And that was really cool of you to say. The I, I never actually made that connection. Like, getting someone who can land it but is not the best at it and then getting someone who can land it perfect every time because you don't want to compare yourself to the person who does it perfectly right away because they are you know five steps ahead of you so you don't know which step to focus on so looking at that person who can land it but not the best is uh, is probably better for you because they have that one thing you're missing and you get that one thing and then you learned something and now you pass them and then you look at the next person and you're slowly and then until that person who does it perfectly makes sense to you it's really not going to help you that much also they just might be stronger in that area so it's just it's not gonna be as helpful for you to watch them um, something that I do like to do though is like I'll pretend that I'm them and it will something about that visualization of like pretending you're them and like pretending yeah. you've done it before and pretending that you flow like they do and then sending it and seeing what happens. It's like because you tend to pick up on some tendencies like so, something uh, like example wise is like uh, people say when you have kids, 
that you're supposed to make sure that if you have like a a walking impingement that you're not supposed to walk around your kid too much or you're not it, like or you need to really focus on walking properly because they'll pick up your your uh, habits your walking habits like if you walk with a limp they'll walk with a limp because they think that's how they do it and they don't they don't do it on purpose they don't do it because they're injured or anything they just that's they, they just pick it up subconsciously and so watching trickers who trick the way you want to trick or move the way you know that you want to move and then pretending to be that person you're going to instantly just kind of like apply their speed and their flow and it might not work with your body so you have to find trickers that do have a similar body to you and trick like you do so that you can apply it to them and start using those to build yourself up and trying different movement styles that's how to apply those movement styles and you need the visualization to be able to understand that so you can put yourself in their shoes and put them in your shoes like if they were you and they were dealing with you know maybe an injury you had how would they move you know what would they do differently because you you can't always see outside the jar and that's what seeing it from that third person point of view is super important again that 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 video footage of it is is really great um i've got i've got students and all the time this is what you guys need to ask yourself is they'll they'll take their pass and instead of saying like oh that was bad or oh that was good i tell them i i ask them i say was that good or bad and then i want to see what they say first like oh it was good and i usually don't like that answer because because it's (laughs) never perfect (laughs) but but they usually they know that and they usually say oh well i did this wrong but the thing i usually miss i got and I'm like, perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. I want to hear what you did correctly or what you focused on worked out. And then I want to know what you can focus on for the next time or what you focus on didn't necessarily work out that time. And being able to see that is telling me that you can visualize the trick afterwards and, and you analyzed it and you can see yourself mid trick and tell me what your triggers are. Like I, I'll ask them like, where were you looking? And then they think about it and they go, oh, I was looking here. So like remembering the past is what gives you that ability. So let's talk about building those triggers up. Um, variations is going to be key. So doing yeah. a cork, say, say you can do a cork and you're like, man, I don't like, I'm not getting high enough. Okay. You should learn cork D leg because you're required to set higher for a cork D leg. And if you want it to look nice, you're going to have to change. So now that you're put, like, it, it's kind of like that idea, like, like invention is brought on by a need not you know not yeah. a want like you you can't just invent something that you don't have a problem for like that's why it's hard to make inventions unless you have an issue you're not going to find a solution so if you're doing cork and you can land it you're not going to make it better unless you make it harder so let's make it harder cork d leg now you're going to be messing with things and you'll be like okay this isn't working because of this because now you're falling now you're you're failing you know so now you need a solution um do you, do you have any instances like that in with the girls where they're they're doing especially in gymnastics I mean they have to do it so tight and they have to stick their tricks it's like do you do it and they go well I can land it does that ever happen and you're like well you need to do this different because you're going to get points off um that does kind of come up sometimes i mean it kind of depends on the kid and what they're doing um especially visualizing cuz a lot of them i've realized more often lately that a lot of people that I've coached before will just kind of like throw their body through space and just kind of assume if it's good or not. So <laughs> I I really try to work with like where they're looking when to try to almost control what the visual cues are. 
Because, I mean, especially for gymnastics, especially when you're doing, like, basic skills, there's a lot of ways to control how they're doing it just by, like, where they're looking and where they're paying attention to. Which, I mean, if you look at it for tricking, like, that can't, that kind of can be the same with, like, certain skills. Like, if you're working on kick, you should always be looking towards where you're going to be kicking out. Especially, like, let's say you're doing, like, a simple skill, like a 360 round. Okay, that's not, like, super hard. But when you're going to chamber and kick, like, you should be thinking about it when you go to spot where you're spotting when you're starting the chamber and then you've got to look towards where you're supposed to be kicking or else you don't exactly know where you are and you're just like throwing it and you're just like hoping for the best and then it looks like garbage because you're not really thinking about it sometimes but exactly yeah you can't just it's not a pose it's an action yeah it's it's harder to teach those visual cues if they're you the problem is if you don't teach the visual cues or sometimes visual learning early enough where you're like, all right, so why was this an issue? Or like, what was good about that turn? What 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 was one thing that might have been able to be fixed? Um, it can kind of take them a minute to, or not a minute, but like it'll take them a bit to like catch up with like understanding what visual training is and why it's important. Um, but usually for us, like we work visual train technically, we like we work visual cues and visual training, kind of on accident in a way definitely a back tuck um i work or oh actually i'll break it down to a back handspring for back handsprings i don't really teach them where to look when they're going to jump i just work on how long it should feel when you're sitting back before you jump and how hard you swing your arms and how hard you jump work on that part first then i work on when you're reaching back to your hands after you jump not during the jump tell them that they should be able to just see their thumbs and they should be trying to look back behind them almost like as like just stare at their hands essentially and just let them come to the floor instead of trying to like look out and see their whole hand because if you're seeing the whole back of your hand that's an issue because that means your head's out and then your back's not aligned and then it's usually going to hurt or be just be bad and not get a lot of power out of it so if you're squeezing your arms correctly you should just be able to see almost your forefinger forefinger and your thumb and after that, you just kind of kick down towards the ground. You stay tight and you're good. But like, You just taught me a lot. I didn't know that. I know. So, like, I teach, visual cues like, I teach it like visual training and visual cues almost like on accidents, but they don't really know what it is until I start to explain it to them. And sometimes I forget to explain what visual training is for a while. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to work on this. They're like, I have never heard of that in my life. And I'm like, I've got to explain what that means. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, but that's good spot. that they already, I mean, they already know what it is and they already do it, but yeah, it's a really awkward conversation to bring up. I don't know why it's really weird because people Ooh, think so- of it, people think of it the wrong way, you know, when I'm like, oh, you got to do visual training. They're like, so you just like what, sit down and just visualize yourself tricking? You're like, no, you do it efficiently. Like I do the rest of my training, you know? <laughs> I, I'm going to visualize my trick before I go. I'm going to visualize my trick after I go. When I'm watching my video footage, I'm not going to watch my video footage and then be like, oh, okay, that's what I do different. I'm going to watch my video footage and then I'm going to react and be like, like when I watch my footage, I, I'm like, like say I'm doing like dubbed up, okay? And I like, for some reason I didn't land it. And so I'm going for that swing and I'm like, oh, I didn't plant my, didn't plant my leg right and my chest was low. So as I'm saying that and watching the video, I'm going to plant my left leg the way it's supposed to go. I'm going to posture up on my hips. I'm going to like post on my hip 
in that weighted motion that I'm trying to achieve. Yeah. And be like, that's what it feels like. Okay. So because when you hit the floor and you're landing, it is that exact position. Why wouldn't you just do that exact position beforehand and create the muscle memory for that positioning so that when you, you do your double cork and then you cock out and you just, you know, bam, snap into that position. And now yeah, like it's the one you just practiced. You just, you just did, you could do, you know, you could do five um, dub swings without having to do the dub swing. You're just like, this is the, this is the position. This is the position. This is the position. And now you do the dub, boom, this is the position. You already did that a bunch of times. That's the easy part now, but that's the part you were struggling with. So that's what you need to focus on. It's like, you're good at the yeah. double cork. Otherwise you wouldn't be swinging it. You're bad at the, at the posture point. You're bad at that position. So practice the position. And I do feel like it is, like you said, it is for some reason just an awkward conversation because, I mean, the simplest way of explaining it, I mean, it is, it does sound silly. Like, you, you're telling them, because, like, I do have them sit there most of the time because, like, I know I, need, I want them to, like, focus on it a lot more than just, like, standing there. Like, you're, you yeah, should. Yeah, it makes sense when you're in class as well. Yeah, and you should be doing it before you take your turn or after you take your turn. Definitely. But, like, that makes a lot of sense. It's really funny, like, I've had problems definitely in the past of like I feel weird bringing it up because like when you explain it they just you're afraid that they're gonna tell you like oh that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life and it's like this is actually really efficient because it's like taking a turn without taking a turn then you get less physically tired and you can just kind of understand it mentally and you actually usually get more confident about it because you can figure out what's going on which is huge definitely you're not supposed to figure it out during you're supposed to figure it out before. You don't chuck your body in the air and then go, I should probably double cork. <laughs> you oh, you oh decide God, no. that beforehand. And then how do you do it? Because you – so everyone has some capacity. Because if you're doing double cork for your first time and you can single cork, you can you – can, you have to be able to visualize yourself doing a single cork at least to some extent. It, like, and when I say visualize, it's not just like – it's like the, that also is muscle memory. That is also what I'm talking about. You remember what it feels like physically without having to do it. This is super strong, especially in tricking. Um, I don't know, but you even see people who like who like fake throw a basketball kind of thing, and they're like they have their own muscle memory for that motion, and so they know, you know, what it feels like before they do it, and that's why you can that's why you can run. You don't have to consciously think about running before you do it, but you can visualize yourself running. You know, but it's just such a minute thing now because you're so good at it, and that's how it is with cork. But then you need to visualize double cork, you know. And something else to make your visualization even stronger is try taking passes without visualizing. So say, say double cork is like one of your hardest tricks, and you don't usually land it. So maybe do like a single cork, and then don't even don't even think about anything. Just do the same setup and try a dub and see what happens. And then next pass now visualize because that's without, if you don't visualize, you're going to be hyper aware of what's going on during the trick yeah. and you're going to be learning a lot without previously setting yourself up of without previously telling yourself like, this is what you need to focus on. This is the swing tech. This is the motion. You just send it. You're going to be like, whoa, this is where I was at. And this is what happened because you didn't tell yourself what to do. So that is something that can be cool. But then you go back and you analyze it after the fact, and now you start applying. So you start from a zero and build up instead of starting at 10 and work down. That's much harder to do. Yeah. And I mean, oh God, 
I just keep coming back to the fact in my head it's just like visual training is so important. <laughs> it's 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 so it's so much ex- like you yes like you can triple the amount of passes that you take at the gym and you're in that you're in the gym you know and you yeah. get to apply immediately and that's why visualization outside of the gym doesn't make a lot of sense to me because you can visualize it so many times but then it's like maybe you're visualizing it wrong you know so visualizing yeah. it at the gym is important yeah. too because then you get to apply it right when you you know and maybe it was wrong and then you switch it up and you change what you're visualizing and but yeah the video footage is super important and looking at other people you know and their points of view so you know what you should be aiming for because if you because if you can't visualize it you don't even know you know it's like i can't even imagine tricking and doing like gymnastics and stuff when people didn't have their own personal footage and be able to watch it we were like they really couldn't visualize a lot i'm sure that this just had you know having the cameras all over is so important for that just visualizing it and you know jump starting progress is huge yeah i feel like i mean that connects back to a another episode we've recorded it's just yeah the internet has changed things i mean in all aspects i mean that's how technology has just changed like how we can view things because i remember being at the gym and my coach was always adamant about, especially for the upper levels, being able to use TiVo, which is just like you could record what you were doing at the time and just be able to watch it back on a v- on essentially like a VCR or DVD player and just kind of like watch it back <laughs> for like 30 minutes and then it erases itself. But we would be able to go do like a harder pass. So like when we were starting to work on double backs, full ends, twist like two and a half twists or pommel horse routines parallel bar routines like all that kind of stuff you'd go back and watch it he'd say okay so we're gonna look at it so this is what looks really good at this point this is what looks really good at this point like i can see where you're looking i can see the body positions but right as it gets to here it looks like something goes wrong like what was going on in your head and sometimes it could just be the simplest thing of like for us like especially on parallel bars like oh it felt like my hand was slipping it felt like i didn't have enough of a grip so I didn't feel like I was going to be able to get high enough. And he's like, but if you look at the video and you're seeing when you were letting go still, even though you were slipping, like, yeah, it's probably better that you bailed or caught the way you did because you were slipping, but you still have the height to be able to make those adjustments. So if we just swing the same way, maybe work on getting a better grip of just like be doing those swings a couple more times, just chalk up differently or something. And then if you have that same swing, it'll hit perfectly almost every time because it's just right there. And it's just you're missing, like you said, that one thing out of eleven. And so you did one thing. Yeah, right. So so you so you had this thing to be able to watch your videos back, but was visualization still like it like so did you watch your videos after class? So we didn't have really time because by the time it was after like after practice it was already nine o'clock and everybody was like, I wanna go home. I got school tomorrow and I got homework to do or dinner. To yeah, that makes but, sense. Uh, so so did the visualization still exist? I mean I'm sure he told you to visualize tricks and I'm sure that it still existed, but I personally can't understand how to visualize tricks without because I built all my visualization off of being able to take videos. So I don't really understand so that even how to get thing, started. That was one thing that was kind of weird for me. I guess in a way of saying it is like I never really had an issue visualizing or feeling how my body felt while doing things. Like I could just 
even though I couldn't do the skill, like once I started doing gymnastics and I started understanding like how body positions felt during certain times, like I could figure out how to do things. Like even if it wasn't correct at the time or I couldn't perform it 100%, but I could figure it out in my head and I could yeah. see myself doing it or see myself making the correction. Then when TiVo got introduced or when we started actually do like recording stuff about when I was more of like a level six, level seven and being able to use it more often, then it started helping a lot quicker because I wouldn't have to always think about it as much. I could be like, all right, I think this was it. I'm not 100% certain, so I can go back, check the video really quick and see, oh, it is what I was thinking of, or oh, it wasn't what I was thinking of. This is the issue that it was, but this part was still good. So I just need to change of how I'm thinking about it and maybe work on twisting a little bit tighter. Or, oh, my head was out or whatever it may have been. But like I said, for some reason for me, I've never truly had an issue with visualization i always innately could do that and i kind of give ops to my family who just i mean what i'm the third generation of a gymnast in the family so i mean yeah there might have been something that came from it but uh, i well, just that's, I, I that's super problem. cool that you were able to do that right away and like and then but you do say that the video footage helps you out and i guess even though you don't have your own video footage, you can see other people and then you can learn from them. So like they take their double back pass and you're like, oh man, that was bad because of this. Now it's my turn. I'm going to make sure I don't do that. And then you, you don't make that mistake. And then you see, and then they're learning from you and they're like, oh, he messed this up. I'm not going to do that. And then you're like, oh, and like, so now you're, you're playing off each other's weaknesses and you're building strengths off of it. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. And then something else you said about like being able to visualize skills that you can't even do yet that's super awesome. So that is why you need to build up that base, like all your base level tricks and use it in your pyramid scheme of tricking. Um, yeah. because you know, you build up that base and you build it up towards the top and the, the bigger your base is, the higher it can go. Because if you can do a cheat nine and you can do, you know, a B twist round, you sure as hell can do a cork round, you know? And it's just, they're all related. Like, and I, I remember doing just recently, like I started doing uh cork mega a lot. And I, I, I had maybe done it like a couple times before, but it was like, I, it wasn't in my head at all. Like it, I just, I, I couldn't visualize it like as a trick that I am good at or that I could do. And I was like, I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to come out with enough height. I'm not going to sure if I'm going to be able to vanish out of it or what I'm going to be able to do with this. I just need to like, I, I think I just need to send one. And it was like a kind of, it felt like kind of a blind send, but then I know exactly how to come out of a gainer scissor and I know how to do a fat cork. And so, and I know how to do a cork late nine, but it's really different. Like cork late nine twists much later and a cork, a cork scissor comes out like much more like a, a step out trick. Um, yeah. Like you're, you're, you're finished with your twisting. You're coming out flipping instead of finished flipping, coming out twisting though. That's the difference between the two, but I was able to, I did it first try and I was like, Oh, that felt just like gainer scissor. And, like identical, but, and so, but I, because <laughs> I knew how to do the two tricks and I could visualize myself do it. And I knew the exact muscle motion. I just needed to time it right. And I, I did and I was like, oh, that was easy. So then now oh, I can do that. Trick. So it's like it's like being having that base and just being like, oh, I can I can double seven and I can do a box cutter. Okay, well, let's just do a shirt and cutter. I know exactly what that feels like. It's just like you shouldn't it shouldn't be difficult to level up if you build your base properly. Yeah, because uh, you yeah. should be hitting those plateaus, and that's just because you're missing pieces. And you, you might be able to break through the plateaus without those pieces, but then you're gonna have like 
odd tricks and they're not going to relate as well. And you're going to have these missing gaps. And then when you do want a new skill or you want to branch out or you want to create a combo with one of the lower level skills, it's like, it's going to be hard to take that step back because now you have your muscle memory is for double cork and triple cork and you're trying to do a shuriken cutter and it's difficult. So you're putting triple cork power into a trick that takes small muscle control. It's going to be difficult. You can't visualize that. So you need to work on double seven. We like a trick that doesn't take a lot of power and then level it up. Like you have to go back to the beginning, which especially like that's mentally difficult for people who can do high level skills, take that step back and work on something that's difficult for them. That looks easy. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's how, I mean, to put it in gymnastics perspective on a little bit of like when I was learning some of my harder skills, like when I was learning a, a Kazumatsu full, which isn't technically like super high level, but, um, Kazumatsu is on the vault, and it's a you do a cartwheel over the table, and you do a quarter turn forward, and then you do a what is five forty twist out flipping. So that's a lot of twists. Essentially, it's supposed <laughs> to be a seven hundred twenty degree twist, but you're doing a two of the quarters going the opposite ways, which is kind of weird. But the way that I used to visualize it and that it worked in my head, especially when I was first learning it before I could get the timing down is I would really feel it go cartwheel. I would spot and then wrap a Rudy. So it was more like a Rudy ball out for me because that's the way that it felt in my head. If I could get the timing and understand the positioning and like where I'm at before I could understand before, like the timing got perfect and I just knew where I was when I really overworked the visualization, overemphasized on it and overemphasized it in my head. And I was like, all right, now that the timing's there, I know right as I get to the position where my shoulders start to come up, all I need to do is just pull it around and keep it tight and then I'll be perfectly fine. But those visual cues really helped seeing it from a different skill, connecting it back into what I'm working. So then it just created it to be, I got more confident being able to just like throw it the first time and not feel like I was just going to mess it up and just like eat it. Because that's always terrifying is just eating it the first time. <laughs> I hate doing that. But Yeah, and you're like, oh, I thought I understood this. <laughs> no, you're yeah. like, oh, crap, I understood nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's also where air awareness you know, comes into play. So we should do a whole episode on air awareness. I think that would be really great. But visualization and air awareness are hand in hand, but they're definitely different things. Um, but it, it's that same idea. It's, it's almost more of like a concrete um, idea. The, the air awareness is more than visualization and it's less of a, a weird conversation for people to have. Um, but I mean, yeah, we should, we just need to normalize the visualization aspect of it. Um, Cause really it's, it's not, it's not a weird thing and uh, people do it uh, subconsciously so much, but then it's not as helpful. If you can do it consciously, it becomes way bigger superpower. <laughs> 